There's not a Proverbs 31 for men, but the Bible does define a godly man. Is the church raising up men that reflect the words definition or are the traditions of men still defining them? So gird up your loins, boys. We're going to dig into the word. The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, what's up? Hello. (laughs) We are back. What a whirlwind. We are like recording this last minute because of our crazy weekend. But man, how awesome is it? That we we get to be a part of ministry, be able to go out support our families, go out yeah. support you know our families in the church is what yeah. I'm getting at, and uh, then come back in here and talk about the second part of this whole thing, man. Hopefully, y'all listened to last week. Yeah, the if you have not, definitely woman. plug yes. into that one. That one was a really good <laughs> preface, and it's easier because it's like, okay, how do you define a godly woman? Well, you could pull from all over the Bible. Or you could just go quickly to Proverbs 31, and then bam. Right. There you go. Um, For men, well, right, it's, you it's gotta a be more in the word right. for you to understand what we are supposed to do as the godly men and the heads of household, or in the order that God has ordained it to be. Now, right. that is not to discredit that everything was good. Mm-hmm. That's not to discredit that <laughs> that God created us equally in His image. Mm-hmm. Very important words there. In right. His image, right. That's just saying that, you know what, he has brought roles into this. And the more important part of this, don't get caught on that. Don't get stuck on me saying roles, okay? Because really what we have to understand is that men have been given a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Men have been given this huge responsibility. In fact, it's so big that I throw, I'm like, ah, do I even get it right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Am I I doing it the right way? And I think tonight as we unpack this, we're going to get to see, you know, some ways that men have been encouraged. I'm going to call it encouragement. Yeah. Even though we could call it commandments. Well, just like just like Proverbs 31, Uh. people could get real bitter at it and be like, wow, what big shoes to fill. This is discouraging. Or you could be encouraged that he has given you all the tools to actually become that and thrive in that. And in the right. same way, he's done that for men. And just like last week where we went into roles for a second, I said, don't get triggered by roles, own it. <laughs> because here's here's the thing. If you are a believer in Christ and you accept that God knows better than us, then yes, even with gender roles, even with men and women, even with what he has tasked men with, what he's tasked women with, it's our job to trust him even in this, even if we're not used to it, even if traditions of men have made it a little right. harder to swallow right. this pill. Let me tell you, it's a it's a it's a great, healthy, nourishing pill. When they sin, when Eve sinned and brought it to Adam, Adam turned around and sinned with her. Well, it wasn't Eve that God called out. It was Adam. Mm-hmm. That's very telling. <laughs> it's not random why he did that. Right. And so you and we see that. So he becomes the primary accountability. Right. And so when you look at that and you look at how God created it, he created man. And then from man's rib, he made Eve. Well, OK, now we, we see this this order mm-hmm. and this responsibility, man. And I think it's important because I think sometimes in the church, we don't always get the credit due. And then sometimes that might make us stand back a little bit or it might make us puff up way too much. And we're not in a balanced state with the Holy Spirit in a discerning idea of what the word of God is telling me and how I should act towards not just my own wife, but to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important in all this. Yeah. When I think about roles as my last thing before we kind of dive in, 
one of the things I think of is how Satan is very clever because mm. he makes this a conversation about he, he, he wants women to be like, well, why can't, why can't, how come, how come? He wants us to do that all day. But one, don't we always get annoyed when our kids before obeying have to know why? <laughs> so I'm going to leave that right there. Um, but on top of that, we have this situation where when I think I brought this up last week, mm. how there are roles everywhere else. For example, the CEO of the company may not be the most qualified person on earth if we took every person under account, surveyed, tested, vetted, every human on earth. We might decide that the person currently the CEO of the company is not the best one for the job, but guess who's got the job anyway? The CEO. So, even, because I was going to use the oldest brother or the oldest sister tends to have different responsibilities than the rest. And then people, well, you know, what if your oldest sister is irresponsible? What if your oldest sister has this? Okay, well, God puts in place the roles that he in his infinite wisdom has decided on. So even if, we could sit there and beat up and poke holes in a man all day long and then build up the woman that's beside him all day long, whether it's in a romantic marriage relationship or in a professional situation, whatever. It does say he puts who he has in charge in charge, Mm. even if they aren't even like he allows it to happen, even if it's not someone who follows him. Mm. Pharaoh, for example. Right. But in those situations, that's who's in charge. Doesn't matter if there's a stronger person out there, a smarter person, a person who can spell better, smell better, or whatever. It's what matters is who did he say is in charge? Right. Now, are we gonna honor that? Or be the little three-year-old, the why, how come, wow, wow, why not me person all day wasting our life and letting Satan rob us by focusing so hard on what we aren't instead of all the blessings that he's actually given us. And I challenge everybody because I've heard men complain about how easy and great women have it. I've heard women complain about how easy and great men have it. I've heard both sides complain (laughs) about how they're better, how they're Uh. worse. I've seen all the wasted time under the sun and I'm here to take a Solomon moment and say it's all vanity and give it up and move on <laughs> and on that note let's talk about I, I, men because I, I, I love her just just have why I love her I love every, all, I love all y'all that's why I'm like look sometimes I throw it down tough because I'm like Let's all just whip and beat ourselves for a second and then get on to the good stuff. Right? And then I'll come in with the grace. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, of course. Still, but let me tell you something. Right. There is grace in what she's saying. Absolutely. Because, because when, we, when we fall under the order and the headship of God and we understand what this all means, there's, right. there's ultimate protection on a lot of levels there. Right. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. The serpent didn't go after Adam. He went after Eve. Right. Uh, he, he knew the value of woman right. and he knew that she was very valuable. And so he attacked what was valuable. More precious than rubies, right, a virtuous, right. Ooh, capable there woman. There we go, come on. So again. Right. So there, right? we're going to move on from that. It's very telling <laughs> that we have to spend, that we felt like we had to spend that right. long on justifying, even talking about men. And that comes from all the stigma against and at war against the genders yes, God has provided. Absolutely. But we're going to jump in because... Like we said, Proverbs 31 is this nice, neat, tidy thing, but we have pulled some very strong verses to show 
godly manhood and kind of Shay drove the ship last week so he could ask me some questions. <laughs> I'm gonna drive it a little bit so I can ask him some questions, kind of navigate this. So the first one is First Corinthians 6, 13 and 14. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong, do everything in love. Ooh. Nice and succinct. Yes. I could yes. make a joke about how many more words women say. <laughs> I don't need to. I'm gonna just appreciate that quietly because you, uh, you're definitely a talker, but <laughs> be on your guard, right? So mm. this makes me think of the armor of God, right? Right. Both right. the defensive and offensive uses of the armor. Then stand firm in the faith. Again, the armor of God, the shield of faith. I, this I'd, is, this I'd is also say the, the, the rock of salvation, yes, the rock the versus the sound, yes. the sand, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. And then be men of courage. This is a straight call out. Now, of course, there's probably versions that say, you know, be of good courage. That's fine. Right. right. But be men of courage. Men need courage. Where should it come from? The Lord, their faith in the Lord and the armor of God that they wear that is all kind of grounded in our salvation in the word. Mm. Be strong. Men should be strong. Does this mean that you should be able to bench press as much as the rock? No. Yes. Oh, me. oh my bad. No. Sorry. Does this mean <laughs> that you should never shed a tear? No. Does this mean you should have no emotions, never be hurt, sad, or offended? No. That's not what it means. We're using the biblical definition of strong, which we're going to dive in all for this whole episode and then do everything in love. Again, this shows strength is not necessarily what the world's many definitions of strength are. There's a definition that involves doing everything out of love, which often takes more strength and self-control than doing things the strong way without love. Right. right? Um, And so it's a very succinct kind of opener when you're like, oh, you know, what is a godly man? How to find him? Go find First Corinthians 6, 13 and 14 to refresh your memory. Be on your guard. Absolutely. Um, guard your heart. Mm-hmm. There's the, the verse guard your heart. I, I think that one of the, the greatest things is we need to guard our hearts. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that what we're pouring in is is of value mm-hmm. and not nonsense. Right. Uh, I'm going to call it that value versus nonsense, uh, Bible, God versus world. I think that they're OK. People sit there and say, well, there's not all nonsense in the world. No, but let me tell you something. When we pour in worldly things, not definition worldly. Now, mm-hmm. I'm saying things that do not align to God, do not line up with God, that God would sit there and be like, no, that is not holy. That is not righteous. Um, it is so easy to get distracted. It is so easy to allow the enemy to come in or watch this. Even my own flesh. There are so many conversations I'm out there, and it's so it's so cool because even I get started dialing a little better on the flesh versus the the enemy. But I hear these conversations, and someone will be telling me the story about how the enemy came in against it. I'm like, brother, that sounds like your flesh. Like it <laughs> like, doesn't like, sound like, like, like that doesn't sound like devil devil didn't need to, to do be nothing there. About that. Right, devil yeah. devil didn't need to be there. You just didn't have good discernment. Right, and then there's the other guy who's like, my flesh, my flesh is weak, my, and I'm like. Yo, that sounds like straight up demonic. Like, like something's going on. Maybe right. you're missing something. And there's a balance in that. But, you know, be on your guard, right? You just went through stand firm. Oh, <laughs> I have no strength without God. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the verse Philippians 4.13 where it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Not, I can do all things without God because, you know, I'm cool like that and I can bench press like the rock. Okay, I can't, y'all. But I said yes earlier, but it's like, I can't. That dude's a beast. But but uh, stand firm. It just means like, hey, I'm here with God. 
right. in the faith. So faith is a very important word because when we're standing firm in the faith, we stop the fiery darts and then be men of courage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that when you were reading that whole thing, that's the one that that got me the most, because I think sometimes we think that be men of courage means we can't, you know, we're not supposed to get it wrong. I think that courage also entails being okay when you don't get it right. Yes. Um, so it's like, because God has said we need to act this way. God has said in his commandments that this is the way men should be. And so when we sit there in an imperfect body that we're in with the imperfect thoughts sometimes or the imperfect direction or maybe the miscommunication of the discernment, then we start to sit there. Maybe we'll stop making these decisions or stopping. Watch. What if all of a sudden I lose all of my courage? And Michelle starts going off and going on about something. And man, it is not biblical whatsoever, but I'm afraid to say something. This is an example. I'm but no, it's perfect. But, but it's, it's like, very it's like, relevant. So then I sit down and I'm like, oh, I don't want to say nothing because, man, I might get it wrong. But man, it don't sound right. But does it really not? Sound? Then you just go into this big. I'd rather <laughs> this. Everybody says I'd rather be right. But I'm OK with being wrong. Mm hmm. And then having to be corrected mm-hmm. to write. But if, if there's something that you think needs to be said, we should have the courage enough to say it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, with the be strong is there again and do everything in love. Um, whew, let's see. So <laughs> when I one of my favorite verses, and, and this might be the closest and longest thing besides taking piece by piece throughout the whole Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I focused on and I focused on and I taught to my men's group mm-hmm. because I think it really dials in at least the beginning steps and what we, and where we need to be. Right. Um, turn, if you watch it, I almost said, turn your Bibles, boy, pastors coming in, turn your Bibles to Psalms one. We're going to go through Psalms one. It's easy to bit. remember. Just, it's easy to remember. It's the first Psalm. And, and look, it addresses men. Now, of course, you know, it's applicable to all people, but I'm going to use it on the men's side because I think a lot of this stuff is how we're going to learn how to walk. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law. He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Wow. Wow. Don't walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. So, okay, my wisdom comes from the Lord, doesn't come from man. And what does this do? It solidifies us. It keeps saying that we're strong. It keeps saying that we're planted. It keeps saying all of these things. And then what does it say? It says that you are a tree planted by the river of water. Life-giving, sustaining water. Right. Yeah, I, I think that that is a good section because it just reminds us that the godly person has already come to certain conclusions. So I'm going to kind of move into the next verse because it links up. Okay. The point I want to make with this episode from my end is similar to the one from last week, but also I know that there's a lot of godly women or women who want to be godly and they're growing in that and they want godly men. There's also people listening who maybe they're looking for someone to be in more involved in church. They're, they're looking for that godly man. And often we have a very long list, just like <laughs> what you can pull out of Proverbs 31. We have a long list of things that make men godly. Mm. 
and we're looking for all of them before we will accept that man into a specific role. Right. What I want to say, just like last week where we kept going back right. to a like precious, more precious than rubies is a virtuous, capable woman. Right. Right. What what makes her virtuous? What makes her capable actually is what lets all the other things become possible. It's a cascading effect. Right. So here, when we look at Psalms one, when we look at first Corinthians, when we look at the next verses that we have in Isaiah 46, all of these as well, like they lead somewhere. These are this is like the godly man starter pack. So if you're looking for someone (laughs) that is a godly man, you will be often hurting for one if the list is too long and often you're waiting for someone who is super mature in the faith but that takes years that also takes sometimes a woman Mm. right it takes the children it takes leadership to get them to the level you want them at but you want them there now before any of that has occurred however there are things that you do need to wait on and pay attention to. So in Isaiah 46, eight and nine, this is something godly men grasp this reality, right? They, <laughs> they grasp what Psalms one just said. They grasp this. Remember this and show yourselves men recall to mind. O you transgressors. Remember the former things of old for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. That mm. is the key. A godly man understands this. Yes, there are men who don't understand this yet, that one day may realize this and become on the track to godly manhood. But if you are specifically looking for a confirmed godly man, he has to understand this. Because without understanding that God is the only one and that there is none like him, then He does not have the capability to have the highest respect of God's word and authority and therefore obeying him and his commands. Right. Mm. Uh, Even when it's awkward, even when it's hard. Is going to be near impossible for him if he does not see the magnitude of who God is. Right. Where you a godly man, where you see the conviction, you can expect repentance. Will it be hard for him sometimes? Will he show some human weakness sometimes? Will you see things in him he's not convicted of yet, that he's not repented of yet? Yes, that doesn't disqualify him. But when you see he's convicted, you will see him act on that conviction and not shove it under the rug or live a life of shame. So if you're looking for one, this is a very good indicator. I I like that verse as well. And I'm going to go there and then jump back up real quick to to Psalms only because there's there's some... Things that need to be said in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was looking into this verse, and I've been, man, I've looked at men's verses for a long time, where it's, you know, anything with the man, I, you know, granted, other translations might not say that, but let me tell you something. When you look at the word ish, I think it's esh, esh, esh or ish mm-hmm. in the Hebrew, we're talking, it says men. It, it, it really does point to men. Mm-hmm. Um, they could, people start putting their persons and try to make it, you know, applicable, in, in, applicable, to, applicable everyone. to everyone. But I, I, I Something in there that really that needs to be defined is the, the word transgressor. Mm-hmm. That word transgressor is an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. And so, so when I'm looking at this, I can look at it in two ways. I can be unbelieving, trusting, right? And I'm, that's not how, but this is talking to the, the Israelites and their unbelief in God. And what I dig out of this is like, <laughs> to be a man. <laughs> now, God has defined man. 
Now, now I'm not talking about on the street like Michelle's been saying. I'm not talking about in these the, males, you know, the, the, these guys <laughs> that are out there. But God is saying to be a man in this. Remember this and show yourself. Show yourselves, men. To be a man, mm-hmm. you must believe. Belief is an important aspect to our created potential. That's big. <laughs> and so listen to this. And, and we need to. So I, I want to jump back because I, I did skip through one a little bit. But but his delight. Watch this. Not just look, for I am God. Remember the former things. Well, they were being told this over and over again. So that's the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So he keeps coming back and saying, okay, you unbelievers again. Yeah. <laughs> look, unbelievers again. Okay, you're unbelieving. I'm taking you away. I'm letting your kids go. Joshua generation. Uh, and it just keeps carrying mm-hmm. this unbelief. And it shows the grace of God, though, also. Because especially for us who are believers who might not get it right. You know, when I'm unfaithful, he's faithful. I think that's a very important verse to understand. Mm-hmm. It means that like when I mess up, God is still faithful in that. But I still want these attributes. I want these attributes to remember God, to know God, to know who God is, to watch this, delight in the law of the Lord, right? Meditate on his word day and night. These are so important right. in the verses because these are showing you how to live. Right. These are showing you how to survive. These are showing you how to be on guard. These are showing you how to stand firm. Mm -hmm. These are showing you how to be men of courage. These are showing you how to be strong. These are showing you how to love. And when you look at this and you see day and night, and then it tells you, man, it's going to bring forth fruit. You're going to be by my water, my sustenance, my, my, who, me. You're going to be near me and you are going to be fruitful. And I think that we, we, we get so tied up in everything else, to include myself, that we forget, we forget the most important aspect. God is the beginning point, right? Mm-hmm. And so, huh, and godly men, like you said, grab, grasp this reality. Right. They grasp that, this reality. It's important because that's like, that is the starting bud. Right. Like that's what makes a woman in Proverbs 31 virtuous at all is, is to start being like in mm. pursuit of this, like wanting this because she believes and trusts in the Lord. Exact same thing for men. Without this, it doesn't even matter. Right. If you don't understand this, if you don't understand that God is it, he's the ultimate, then you don't Mm. even have it. You don't even have access. So you can't say, oh, he's a godly man. You know, he's still figuring out who Jesus is. He still, you know, does his Buddha thing or his. No, like you're no (laughs) girl. I'm talking Uh straight because like for ministry, Right. You know, normally people choosing for ministry know better. Girls, if you are just hungry for a godly man, this is where you don't make a compromise. Right. He needs to acknowledge out loud to anyone who asks, Jesus is Lord. God is the only living God. That's it. No one else's words matter. Right. Right. And so what does this do? What does Psalms 1, what does 1 Corinthians, what does Isaiah 46, what does it all kind of lead to? What are the things you're going to see? He's going to have a prayer life. Now, is his prayer life going to be this most amazing prayer <laughs> life you've ever done seen? Maybe not, but he's got one. He goes to the Lord often, mm. right? Prayer life is going to reveal his relationship mm. and trust and reliance on God. And that's going to grow with time. Right. right. But he needs to do it now. Right. But it's going to grow and improve. And the other thing is digging into the word regularly. Mm. Has he gotten it down pat so perfectly that, you know, he can recite all the scriptures? Can he tell you which words missing in the fill in the blank? Maybe not. 
but does he turn to the word to find the answers? Is he smart enough to realize that when there's a trouble, he needs to turn to the word to find the answer? That's a sign of a godly man. Mm. He will improve with time. A godly man isn't already done being sanctified. He's still en route, right? But he has that trust. Mm. And so those, those are the things, like that is how you know this guy is planted by the water, you wow. know, because he's talking to God and reading God's word and listening. Mm. I was thinking about a man who prays is a man who slays. I don't Ooh, even know. Ooh, but but there's anyway. a tweet. <laughs> but, but why? You know, I say there, and then of course I'm like, wait, but you know, like the word of God is the sword. But like, you will never, you will never. I'm sorry, y'all. Without counsel, right. without prayerful counsel, um, what am I saying here? Have you ever prayed verses? Like, I'm serious. Like, Lord, teach me how Lord. not to be. Or, Lord, teach me how to be. You Watch say some in of your it. words. Oh, Lord, search me. Know my, my anxieties. Know my wicked heart, right? These prayers. These prayers of the word. These prayers to God who is, who is we're supposed to be in a relationship with. See, I think there's another key. I think we've gone so far into like, mm, here I go. Because mm, I'm having, <laughs> I am Okay, I'm going to say it. I am so tired of men thinking they have to know more than someone else. Mm -hmm. And when they start to think that way, they start to add or they start to subtract or they start to misunderstand or they try to come up with some new special revelation that nobody else has ever heard before when everything is right there in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you know, man, look, the way I, I... It's cool to Bible nerd. Don't get me wrong. It's cool to... We Bible nerd, but we always take it back to truth. Like, okay, wait, <laughs> did we go too far or did, or did like, and I never go out there. I'm like, man, the Holy Spirit gave me, I mean, we get revelation. Don't get me wrong. We right. get revelation on how these apply to, to our day-to-day lives. The, the lives that they were speaking these two back when they first started with the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Aren't the same. We don't we don't have the same circumstances, but how can we sit there and take this Bible and make it applicable to today? I think those are the revelations. Uh, I think the revelation of grace. Oh, my gosh. Look how much grace God gives us every day. I'm I'm, I'm realizing more and more the amount of grace that I'm given. Right. The amount of mercy that I'm given. How I'm supposed to be a more merciful man than a judgmental man. I mean, I'm constantly learning and, and, and things are being revealed, but I'm not trying to be. One up, one up my brother that's on Twitter, one up my brother in the church. Right. No, if I find something that, man, I'm like, dude, did you know this? They might be like, yeah, I knew that. Oh, or they might be like, whoa, I didn't know that. And so it's just uncovering and, and opening your eyes and, and things being revealed to us. And, and prayer, I'm telling you, when you get in, I am a, I love prayer. And the word's going to grow us. Right. See, because as we're reading, re, Lord, reveal to me what this scripture means. And then read. I mean, there there is something in this. There yeah. is something in in that that just is amazing. And it's like your eyes are opened, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, okay, I never read it this way. Or show me what you want to show me out of what I have in reading today. Mm-hmm. That's why they always say that the Bible is seasonal. Right. It's like, okay, this season I might be reading this portion and getting a whole ton out of it. The next season I'm like, oh snap. Mm-hmm. Like like at the beginning when we're talking about all those points, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> This season, it might be be on guard. Whoa. Right. I need to guard my heart. And then like six months down the road, you read this verse again. It's like, whoa. Hold on a second. Everything in love? Mm-hmm. I got a lot of growing to do. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to go to the relational side real quick. I think, you know, I've heard this before and I've seen it actually play out in, in, a, in some people that we've known where the wife was more spiritual and didn't want to let go of the reins, but finally decided, you know what? Mm-hmm. Okay, they're on milk, but I'm going to let go of the reins. I'm giving him what God has told him to do. Mm-hmm. It's his responsibility. And let me tell you something. Some of the decisions up front. Maddening. Maddening to, to, to the individual that gave the reins over. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing to see growth. Right. When grace was applied and mercy and order was applied. Right. We saw growth. Right. We saw a man who, be, who started being planted near water. Mm-hmm. A man who started to, to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So I don't care. Maybe your relationship, he's not quite even in it. Right. But if they come into it, be an encouragement, not a discouragement. Right. There's going to be a time you're going to have to. Yeah, maybe that's just because, I mean, patterns are hard to break. Mm-hmm. But you got to turn it over and say, OK, it's his turn. And there might be some headaches in that. Because that's an exercise in right. faith. That is right. the ex- in, not in your husband in that situation, but in God and what God says right. and what God's plan for that relationship is. And then, and then in these things, yeah. prayer and, and reading the word of God, we mm-hmm. start to see byproducts. Right. There's things that it leads to. So I have three and I want to know what your thoughts are because I haven't really asked you many questions yet. You've been on a good roll without that. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is um, my passion, y'all. I, I know. This is one of his <laughs> two favorite ministries. Um, so we'll see what we get through today. Just kidding. No, we'll get through all of it. No. Um, but, you know, when you have that, you start. So these are these are stages, right? So like signs you have a godly man in your midst and not just for dating him. That's not the only thing. I'm passionate about that because I'm passionate about women and their view of the world, right? Mm. But also if you're just looking on how a discipleship is going or how an investment is going or is this a good potential person to invite to ministry or, you know, whatever you care about this for. And especially if you're the man himself, like how do I be more godly, right? Be encouraged if you already, if you're checking off the boxes so far because that's really the roots of it, right? Mm. But the next phase after this, after accepting who God is and starting to talk to him and read what he actually says, you start to see the development of three things, and I want your thoughts on this. Mercy, self-control, and humility. Those are three really huge ones. And I say those three because the world really loves generosity. They'll define it in many different ways. They'll want you to give to a lot of things, but generosity is still celebrated by the world as Mm. well. Mm. Okay, Love, they've got their own definitions of it. Um, but this is kind of the th- three big ways where, you know, you have the godly love instead right. of just the world's definition of love. Um, the world loves peace. The world, lo- they define it differently. But, you know, again, these three are kind of spat on by the world often. <laughs> They're very hard to do in the midst of the world. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're, they're kind of like the world's set up to make these three really hard. Right. What do you think? I'm good with them. <laughs> I, I, I no, I would, I would agree. I, I, I'm going to sit there and, and say that because I one of those right off the bat, number two, self control. It's like my prayer. Yeah. It's like because and it's kind of funny. She goes, "That sums up everything." I'm like, exactly. Right. Like, very like, efficient. Exactly. Like beautifully like efficient. I, 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 when I was looking at fruit, fruit of the spirit, right? I'm like, self control. It gets <laughs> the it rest covers, in it covers line. A lot because. I need to 
be humble, right? Mm-hmm. I need the self-control to not spout off. Mm-hmm. So, so that <laughs> r- 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 <laughs> dialing in. I don't know why I was trying to use another word. I love dialing in. Right. But anyways, dialing in. You know, I, I I dial into that self-control. Therefore, it becomes my jump-off point. Now, these to me, these don't. Or there's no order to these. Right. To me, these these kind of like just blow in different digress, and they kind of go together and they blend together. Um, and so when I look at self-control, I say, wow, this is a, 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 a stop-off point. This is where I, I sit there and I'm, okay, again, I'm going to say these probably a million times in my life because I really believe in it. Pray, pause, proceed. I'm, I'm sitting there in this control and I'm saying, okay, I'm facing the world. I'm facing another believer. I'm facing something, right? Mm-hmm. In everything, we should have humility because humility is going to die us down. We're going to be able to speak truth through humility with mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to approach a situation with mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to, to, to do all kinds of things in that, in that position of humility. Mm-hmm. And then you get mercy. Um, I don't want to say it. I'm going to leave it to God real quick. <laughs> be merciful even as your father is merciful. Luke 6, 36. Watch James 2, 13. This one. Slap you in your face, silly. But anyways. Oh, I like this one, actually. James 2.13 says, For judgment is without mercy to, to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That hit, you know, go back, listen to the episode on, on me being ordained. That hit me harder than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I like, the, I like the order that was given as well. You know, we, we preach in season, we speak truth, and then, you know, it moves down through there. But don't forget grace. Don't forget that there's people out there that are broken. Don't forget that, you know, we need to give mercy to people. Yeah. And then most importantly, you know, guard your heart. You know? So it's kind of like yeah. these all apply to men. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, there's just so much to this. And so when you're looking at this, you know, like self-control, man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. That was the, so what's amazing, that verse was the verse I had written on a tiny mirror (laughs) before I had Christ at all. If you can't even beat the guy up anyway, you're not really exercising any kind of self-control or restraint by choosing not to fight him. Right. But if you could kill the man that offended you and you choose to walk away, that took strength. Mm. So it's not like be weak and feeble. No, no, no. Meek, right? Meekness is having the capability to do worse or more or greater, mm. but choosing not to because there's a better way. I think that that's something that all men should dial in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message Bible that verse real quick. Okay. <laughs> do it. A man without self-control is like a bull in a china cabinet. We are a wrecking house. Yes. When I lose control, now I'm got to apologize for 20 different things instead of the one. Right. Right. Uh, military training, you know, people, oh, you know, whatever. But we are trained. Depending on what levels you've done, where you've gone, how you've done it, you become trained. And I remember even in the early days, long before Christ, right, as you're talking about not taking action in a situation that you would probably dominate. One of the things that really came into me early on is don't fight. Mm -hmm. And I had many a man stand in my face and I chose to walk away. Mm -hmm. Self-control. Right. I didn't, and I'll be honest, I didn't know where it would lead. I didn't know how bad it would go. Right. 
Um, and there's always someone out there that can beat you up. All right, I got y'all guys. I'm not the, I'm not saying I'm the toughest dude in the world. Mm-hmm. But there's there was this respect for the outcome. Right. And we need to have that respect for the outcome. Honor your wives, respect your wives, mm-hmm. you know, love your wives. Let me tell you something. When men get going, <laughs> especially in a dominating way, we completely destroy the other sex. It's just the way it works. Next thing you know, now you're reeling back. Now there's fear. Now there's all these other things that are, are going to be wrong in your life. And, and trust me, I, I've been down the road. That's how I know. Right. I didn't always make the right choice in that, in that decision with, a, with you know, people and, and situations. And it's like, it is. It's a bull in a china cabinet without self-control. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, now you have all of these broken pieces. And let me tell you something, especially in the world. Broken pieces don't always go back together because they don't have the restoration and redemption that Christ has. Right. And then in our own marriages, we're still human, even if we're godly and we're in Christ and, you know, we're in the church and we do something that's just destructive. Even though God has put those pieces together already, it takes man sometimes longer to understand those pieces have been placed. Right. And that takes a level of maturity, Yes, which I think is the next, like that's the final stage we're going to kind of leave this at is, okay, those are like the building blocks of a godly man that like God starts putting in place. What we're going to cover now as we kind of wrap it is the things that I think a lot of people might conflate and they, they use these to define the godly man, but often a godly man, these, this is, these are his next stepping stones of growth and he may or may not have these down pat before he has this role to walk in, right? right. So one of the first is, you know, when you look in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Mm. So one of the things, like, okay, so give up your childish ways. Does that mean you can't roll around on the ground with your little nephews or your cousins or your own kids? Of or, course or, not. Or, or, or your wife. Does it, right? <laughs> Does it mean that you can't own a Nerf gun? No. Does it mean you can never, ever play a video game? No. What it means is give up your childish ways. Give them up. Mm. And this is something that women also, are you acting like a toddler? Before you obey God, are you acting like a toddler when you don't like what God has to say? This goes for everybody, mm-hmm. right? But for godly men, definitely give up your ways. Um, and what it leads to, and then we'll kind of just discuss it all in one in like because I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this. It's like okay, so now this late in the game, we're bringing up Ephesians five <laughs> and First Timothy. Right. Okay, Ephesians five because it talks about a husband. That's pleasing in the eyes of a Lord, in the, of the Lord. You know, it says for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. We're going to get into that in a second, but we're not, we didn't bring this up at the beginning because you don't have to be married to be a godly man. And how will you learn to love your wife this way until you actually have one that makes you really mad? You know, how will you know if you can even do it right. until you have one? And how will God be sanctifying you in this? until you have one, right? Um, and then on top of that, First Timothy 3, where it goes through, I won't go through all of them, I'll let you kind right, of no, pick some good. out, but where it's talking about elders and deacons and bishops and like who they need to be to be one, the husband of one wife, right? Husband, husband, 
husband of one wife. Anyway, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, etc. right? He caught on. Um, all these things, being in charge of your house, managing his own family well, right? Some of these things cannot occur till you have a family, right? Um, and maybe it means your brothers and sisters, but still like, these are things, elders, the key term is elder, meaning they older, right? These are people, it literally says in the word, don't let someone fresh off the street that just accepted Christ be your pastor because pride can get a hold of them good. That doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean, mean age. It doesn't mean age. It means like maturity. spiritual maturity, Look, right? we're talking about. Exactly. I think, I think trying to put a time on it's always tough. Very, very hard. Because, because I mean, time there's is men that go yeah. faster than other men, and there's there's men that are slower than other men. There's men that are ready before other men and right. not ready yet, and so. But we're talking maturity, right? Yeah. And, and I don't really want to dig on my side too much into who is or isn't qualified for an exactly. eldership. I think that that has to be discerned through the Holy Spirit, and a lot of watches prayer yes. and reading the word of God, and and just watching the life of a person. You know, yeah. I remember long before even pastoralship came up, it was like, these were qualities that I prayed over. Like, Lord, I want, I want these, regardless if I become anything, but these are good qualities. Right. Like, these are really good qualities. I want to be able to love one woman the way that God wants me to love one woman, mm-hmm. right? I want to be able to to put aside all this, like, I'll be above reproach, like, yeah. Nothing's worse than having somebody has te- like bad testimonies against you. It's just it doesn't work out too well for you. But you know, like in there, there's temperate and and self control. Self control. See, I told you I came to this word a long time ago. But as I sit here and think about maturity, one of the greatest things that I have come to know in my life, and as we're talking about this, if uh, you mess up, confess up. Right. <sighs> We have to be man enough to admit wrong. Mm, that's strength. We, that's strength. Um, I like to mess with people. I used to do it too much. A lot. <laughs> In fact, my worldly phrase that carried over into my first few years, <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, if like, I mess up, confess up. Right. And maybe I'm just confessing it now, but I think I confessed it through my actions a long time ago. <laughs> I used to sit there and say, if you can take it, we're, then you're going to be my friend. Poor, poor, poor saying. Right. That was so poor. And I was <laughs> relentless. And I had to learn that, you know what, hey, there's things in my life that don't align right traditions of men the traditions that of don't men. belong and i still joke with people but now That's it's like different. easier you know it's lighter um it's not i think in the lightness it just means not so much like yes. uh, 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 uh. yeah um and but this is the growth this is the maturity because as we come closer to christ or he draws us in closer. How I mean, I like it knowing that he's pulling me in. Mm-hmm. I don't like always like, oh, I'm coming closer because then it puts it too much in my my plate. But I like that he he draws me in because I'm listening. I'm having ears to hear what what the spirit is saying, what the word of God is saying. 
I'm in a prayer life. You know, all these things are adding up to, to bring us into a maturity level, mm-hmm. bringing us into a position of love. I mean, come on. I, love your enemy, feed your enemy, water your enemy. Y'all, 10 years ago, <laughs> I've only been back since 24, that's nine and a half. I, 10 years ago, probably nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to really, I, I don't know if I can say it that way, mm-hmm. but to truly love my enemy. Be like, yeah, I feed them. If they allergic to peanuts, I give them a Reese's. See, that's 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 why women need. What? No, honey, that's mm-mm. no. I'll stop. Because she's like, no, that's me. <laughs> Ten years ago, I know, but like, <laughs> she's true though. She's like, women don't sit there and buff up on each other like back in the kingdom. We plot. Days. We if they plan. were in charge, they would plot, plan, and poison. All right, <laughs> plot, plan, and poison. <laughs> so stop plotting, planning, and poisoning, and start praying, uh, pausing, and proceeding. There we go. <laughs> oh, but then this drives that maturity drives, and and one of the things because you brought up the verse and there's another one in there too that I'll, I will uh, gosh where's Ephesians I think that I will look at my wife without spot without wrinkle mm-hmm. I can't remember which it's Ephesians, in Ephesians 5 like, right yeah but uh, that I will look at my wife without spot without uh, wrinkle without oh gosh blemish l- l- yeah without blemish and then there's something at the end of that mm-hmm. um, wow I'm still learning mm-hmm. and I can admit that right in front of her that I'm still learning. I can admit that to you guys right now. I'm still learning. It's a red flag if they're not still yeah, learning. If, 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 if someone always <laughs> said, thinks that they got it all dialed in and together, that's a huge red flag. It means they have a lot to learn and they're not learning it. Red flag. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, and she read it, Ephesians 5.25. I don't know if you went through all of it, but he gave up his life for her mm-hmm. to make her holy and clean. This is the church, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is her as much as it is me. A lot of these principles, they go back and forth. It's not like man has to do anything different than woman's been called to. The only difference is man becomes the example. Man becomes the responsible party. Our God is a loving God to the point where, I mean, I think that Adam, if he would have stood up and said, no, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. And been that spiritual headship or leadership, right? Which they wouldn't understand that now back then because there's no Holy Spirit in the Spirit. Right. <laughs> but like, like you're in charge. <laughs> I get, man, you named everybody. I get, I mean, I, now you're eating the apple with her. Why do you think he blames him later? Right. Adam brought sin into the world because Adam took it on. Mm-hmm. And so I sit there and I'm like, wow. So maturity tells me I need to get to a point where I'm like looking at the world. And I'm saying, no, you know, when Michelle says, says I'll give Maurice's peanut butter cup because they're allergic to penis. I got to say no. Or when I see worldly things coming in and worldly attitudes and this, things that are, are clearly of the demonic or the, or the dark realm or the however you want to say that, the evil flesh, the I don't care how you say it. But when you're sitting there and all of a sudden it's like talking about causing division, not having love, not, 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 not of God. Let's just go there. We have to say something. It's, it's like God has put us in this position, especially in our homes, to say something. Right. You respect emotions. You listen to the emotions. You respond. Hey, yeah, I, I, I see you're going through something here. But we also need to sit there in our maturity and say, hold on. Hold on. We, we, we need to keep this godly as we are supposed to evaluate ourselves. If she comes to me, y'all, and she says, Honey, because this happened, by the way. Honey, is that really the I? 
look, if I mess up, confess up. Right. This laundry list that people create of what a godly man is can be so (laughs) intimidating and so lengthy that the things that will actually help move the dial get lost and it becomes this giant checklist, both for the man himself and those that are trying to judge him to see if he measures up. And so what have we come to here? (laughs) Just like last week, it comes down to does he know that God is it, that God is the ultimate. And is he allowing God to work in him? That is the initial seed, the initial spark. If he truly believes that, then he moves forward into the things that we talked about. He will have a prayer life. He mm. will read the word. The, that's the fir- That's right. the action that, that proceeds the faith. Oh, you know. You know, you will know. Um, But we don't need to add and create this legalistic definition of what a godly man is by pulling every godly man example from the word and holding every man to it before he is deemed godly. So I think that be encouraged is the best way to end it. Be encouraged. There are godly men. We know many because we know that they have these building blocks that are building up. God has to be in your strengths. He's got to be in your weaknesses. He's got to be in your I don't knows. It's got to be God. Amen. One of the best ways that we have to give you something tangible is No Lie, our seven-day devotional, Jesus Not Junk Food. If you work through that, it's all about the no-nonsense of let's find out what's harming your spiritual diet and how you can get more plugged in and reliant on the Lord, who is the source of everything worth having. So you can get that at thepantrypodcast.com and you can support us at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.